podcast this is your host will i'm joined here by my co-host jaren what is up guys and today we're going to be talking about the mavericks crushing summer league loss in their first game versus the chicago Bulls summer league team 99 to 100 um, the mavericks lost in overtime the dreaded two minutes of uh, summer league overtime um but anyways before we do that we had a couple quick bit, uh, bits of news real quick that we're going to go ahead and hash through. So first off, actually only about two hours ago, you know, there had kind of been rumblings of this, but we didn't really know exactly what was going to happen. Um, it seemed like a lot of Mavs fans on Twitter were gassing up the possibility of a front and sign trade since it seemed to be taking so long. But uh, regarding the, the recent cap moves that the Knicks have made, uh, they signed uh, Senator Jericho Sims to a three-year deal, and they waived uh, Taj Gibson. It's uh, per Fred Katz, it is, and it's been since confirmed by Mark Stein that it's highly unlikely for the Knicks to do a sign trade with the Mavericks as they really have no incentive to, and they can just kind of sign, uh, sign him outright into cap space. Uh, I was always kind of questioning where these rumors in regards to uh, Brunson being signed and traded to the Knicks were coming from because I didn't really ever think like, like, wow, they, you know, they were rumors from like Fred Katz and Stein. It was more so I felt like just because everything was taking so long and I, I never, you know, I always was putting out on Twitter on uh, at mainstream maps, kept follow us on Twitter. I was always uh, preaching just, I was trying to not be optimistic about the summer, about, about the, um, about a potential side trade with the Knicks because I just didn't think that the Knicks had any reason to do it, you know, barring they wanting, wanting to clear up or uh, get some more uh, guys off their books. So uh, do you have any thoughts on this year? Yeah, no. Uh, I mean, I remember yesterday or two days ago is whenever all this kind of started. Uh, I, it got me a little interested. Didn't really think anything of it just because there was no real traction to those reports. It was just kind of speculation because it had really been taking so had been taking a while. And I mean, Brunson um, still has not signed. Let me, let's make that clear. Um, yeah, it's not officially signed at yeah, all. Yeah, Mark Stein said the soonest he's going to be signed is Monday. No clue why it's taking so long, but it is what it yeah. is. <laughs> like I really think that's why the only validity and traction to those reports. I think that may have gotten me a little spectacle. Um, but other than that, I mean, like you said, I was just kind of like, I don't know, there's just noise, like not really trying to pay attention to it. If it happened, then we can actually talk about it. But there's real no traction to those claims, I guess. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Um, you know, if it does happen, though, uh, I would definitely be through the roof for, you know, at least getting a trade exception back or something, or just something. You never know. But it doesn't really seem like that's going to be the case whatsoever as of right now. So it really sucks losing runs for nothing, but we've covered that uh, in countless episodes up to this point. So, you know, it's one of those things we have to accept if you don't know, because what other choice do we have? Anyways, moving into uh, the next bit of news real quick, uh, before we go ahead and get um, started, with the actual summer league game, uh, uh, new Mavericks big man Christian Wood, Reggie Bullock, Dorian Finney-Smith, 
Theo Penson or uh, all sitting at the uh, course at the Mavericks versus Bulls game, supporting the guys. Uh, Christian Wood had a quick interview uh, with one of the um, ESPN reporters and just kind of talking, talking about his role. He talked about how he's excited to play with JaVale, which was really interesting to me. And he said that they, he thought that they'd be able to fit together. So I thought that was really interesting because Christian Wood's never really played with another rib protector next to him. And we may get a little into that. Um, and then also Jason Kidd and Nico Harrison both had interviews as well. Um, do you want to go ahead and uh, hash out any thoughts you have the Nico Harrison interview, Jared? Uh, I don't know. Nico, I, I'll, I have another thought about Christian Wood, but I'll, I'll finish this Nico one first. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Nico just kind of looked a little awkward. Like, I understand this is first year being a general manager. Or I guess second. Uh, he's, like, you know, he hasn't okay, really done, uh, second. Whatever. He hasn't really done, like, much media, I guess, because he was in a more uh, exclusive role at Nike in terms of, you know, dealing with people privately and stuff. So, he, he, he doesn't definitely seems like he's uh, more kind of, like, you know, quiet business type of yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, I don't know. He, he gets – he gets to the point. He kind of left the. It was kind of funny because he kind of left the announcers just looking at each other like, "Do we ask more questions? Do we sit here in silence for three seconds?" Like it was pretty funny in terms of that. Um, but no, I mean, really, like he said everything he needed to say. Uh, I mean, there was a few things like the Tim Hardaway thing uh, that were yeah. a little confusing. They're just a little annoying. Yeah, yeah I agree. I mean, he did he. He said everything that you kind of expect in terms of DM. Exactly. Gassing yeah. Up gassing up Jay Kidd. We already know that they have had a good relationship since USA basketball in 2008 and even before that. So, I mean, he just, he said all the typical things. So I didn't really get much. Um, there wasn't really too much I took from that other than um, the fact that, you know, he said getting Tim Hardaway Jr. back after injury um, is basically like signing a new agent. A new free agent because Tim Hardaway Jr. only played half the mass games last year, um, which you know I get where he's coming from, and I don't really like. It's not like he's you know incorrect in that statement necessarily. I guess it is kind of like that, but it was just like one of those things. It's like okay, like you know, hold your horses, you know, a little, a little far fetched, but yeah. you know I'm not. I'm all here for him to gas up his players or whatever. Um, does that like? Um, tank your confidence whatsoever at Tim Hardaway Jr. being included in any trades in the coming weeks or, or no, if like, you know, say the opportunity presented itself. Or do you think like, you know, since Brunson left, that doesn't really give the math as, as much security um, for Tim to leave? No, I mean, I guess in terms of trade talks, uh, like, I don't know. I feel like if Nico was expecting a question about Tim Hardaway, he'd answer it that way. If he wasn't, he'd answering he would be answering it that way. Uh, yeah, it was just kind of how he was asked it. Um, like you're gonna say that either way. Yeah. Um, so I guess still like you never know what's gonna happen. It's behind closed doors. Yeah. Of not to know, but I, you know, I guess my take would be on it. Um, I feel like the Mavs are a lot more inclined to move the Pal and Bertans contract, especially given that those are bigs. Correct, yeah. I mean, you know, Bertans is, you know, technically a big, even though, you know, he plays in the wing for the most part. Um, he did play some small ball five last year, and he is, I mean, obviously he's like 6'10". Uh, you know, but those contracts are going to be a lot harder to move versus Tim Hardaway, who, 
Well, I think some teams would still view him as a negative asset just due to the lack of playing time he had last year. You know, I still feel like he holds more value than those guys. But I think with the, I think the Mavs would be more inclined to move Powell, um, Bertans, some of those guys um, before they moved him hard away just because, you know, he seems to be a great culture guy and he is on a larger contract. So, you know, you maybe just had a tough time adapting this first few games, uh, like 40 or whatever games it was in J-Kid's system. You know, I wouldn't put it past him that he might be able to come back and uh, have a great year off the bench. Um, but, you know, we'll just have to go uh, see. Like you said, I don't necessarily think it – those comments like, you know, because GMs say stuff and then do the opposite all the time, right? You know, just – Oh, exactly, yeah. Maintain uh, public relations and all that kind of stuff. But, you know – I think maybe the only sort of meaning I could take from those comments is that I think the Mavs wouldn't trade Tim Hardaway Jr. just to like, you know, like I think they'd want to be getting something better in return. I don't think they would trade him, you know, in the same way that they would trade like Bertans or Powell necessarily to like take a chance. They, they may trade Bertans or Powell to take a chance on a guy. I don't think they would do that with Tim. I think with Tim, they would want to be getting something equal or better in return just at a different spot. So, um, you know, I uh, – that's really all I took from that. Um, also, Josh Green was courtside at Summer League, not playing. Um, I do understand third-year players, you know, don't typically play as much in Summer League. But, you know, Josh, uh, Josh Green, you know, I still feel could use um, the experience of playing in Summer League and just, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't played with them. Uh, he had the Olympics the year before, and then he had some FIFA stuff with Australia last year. So he's never played in the Summer League for the Mavericks. I guess there was – I don't think there was any summer league did 2020 year because of COVID. So, you know, yeah, there wasn't a summer league. Man. Yeah, but, uh, you know, it's real interesting to me um, that Josh Green um, isn't playing in summer league. You know, we talked about it a little bit on the last pod. Do you have any other thoughts on that? I mean, well, he's still with the Mavs, you know, training with the um, summer league team supposedly or just like with the coaching staff at least. But, yeah, I, I'm just kind of confused as to why he's not playing, especially if he's there. And I don't really, you know, some fans are kind of reading into it and be like, oh, it's because they want to trade him. And like, I don't necessarily think like Josh Green is like completely off the trade block. Like he may be an asset the Mavs, even if he is an extremely small asset, he may be an asset the Mavs have to use in a trade. But at the same time, like, you know, if he's there with them, that just makes it like even more weird for me. Do you have any other thoughts on it? No, yeah. I mean, there's two ways that can go. It can look like one of those – one of those where, you know, you have them there to look, I guess, have them there just to be immediate presence. Um, but he's not going to play because of injuries, possibly. And maybe he is being – just like, yeah, he could be covering up an injury. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, like we don't know. We don't know in terms of that. Like there, there's a lot of covered up injuries, I guess. Um, so that could be possibly it. Um, or, I mean, maybe the Mavs have some just – they, they have a feeling about him. They don't feel like he needs to. I don't understand this, if this is true. Yeah, same, um, same. Maybe Maybe they just feel he doesn't need it. Because, uh, I mean, he did have a pretty strong regular season. Showcasing. During stretches. During stretches. During stretches, yeah. Especially towards uh, the end of the year, yeah. But, like, he just needs to put it together for a whole season. Yeah. But if you remember, like, that was Brunson's problem up until this year. Like, he just couldn't put it. Yeah, but Brunson was definitely at a higher pedigree in terms oh, of I mean, definitely. level player yeah, than Josh Green was going into his third year. I, I, you know, I'd say that much. He was in the rotation. 
Um, so, I mean, you know, Josh Green being able to be um, another wing off the mat, the bench for the Mavs to take stress off Dorian and um, Reggie would be huge, you know, just being a little more cognizant, uh, not being as much of a jumpy defender. And, you know, because he has the athletic tools and the length to be a really good defender. Um, and he, he's a solid defender. But, you know, I feel like he does gamble a lot and, you know, he tends to, you know, just, you know, move with his seat, move with his feet and not think with his brain sometimes on defense. And, you know, he has like some, and he has a lot of like tools, weird tools on offense. Like he's a really good passer, which I didn't, you know, not expect when he was coming to the Mavericks, but it's just like, he's got to put his shot together and he's got to get some like mental discipline on the defensive side of the ball to like really shore himself up as a, um, as that first wing coming off the bench in the Mavericks rotation, or I guess, you know, given the, you know, we'll get the Jay Kidd's comments in a sec, but given Jason Kidd's comments, um, maybe the second wing off the bench for the Mavericks, because Jason Kidd actually talked today, or at Summer League the other day during the game, that um, Spencer Dinwiddie and JaVale McGee would be starting. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? He said that in an NBA TV, uh, TV interview, I believe. Yeah, so reports were whenever McGee was signing the contract, one of his incentives was he'd be starting. So I feel like that one was kind of a given in a sense, but Spencer Dinwiddie I think is a big one. We really won't know more until training camp, so I'm not yeah. really – I don't really have a whole lot to say. It's be one of Dorian and then Reggie, and obviously you can pencil in Luca like that without a shadow of a doubt. And then Christian Wood, like there's no way I don't start him. So, I mean, it's just – that's the starting five, and it's one of Reggie or Dorian. You know, I personally think Dorian would win that out because he's a little lengthier. I feel like he's a little bit better of a defender than Reggie, but he's also a different defender. Um, like Dorian can guard threes and fours a lot better, but Reggie can guard kind of twos and threes a little better. Um, but, yeah, um, those are really interesting comments. Um, a lot of Mass fans are kind of scratching their heads at the – fit in terms of Christian Wood and uh, JaVale McGee, you know, it's not going to let the Mavs have the ability to play five out on offense because, you know, JaVale is obviously going to be a rim roller, but, you know, I feel like it gives Christian Wood more opportunities to attack the paint and especially defensively, I guess, is where I like to fit the most because, you know, Christian Wood is, you know, surprisingly been a really good defender because he's so lengthy and quick, especially at that 6'10 frame. He can defend. Um, like twos, threes, and fours really well. I mean, there was one possession I saw on Twitter um, defending Steph Curry and just locking him down until the end of the shot clock, and then Steph Curry to throw something up from like half court that just completely didn't even touch anywhere. So, I mean, I think Christian West, I just don't know if he necessarily has the uh, – I feel like just with the amount of energy he expels on offense, and, you know, he's not he's not small, but he's not the biggest guy, like weight frame-wise – so I feel like it's just a lot harder for him to bang inside against fives on offense and defense. I mean, I think DeVale would help a lot. Like, defensively, like, DeVale's a solid rim protector. I mean, by no means is he, like, you know, Miles Turner, like, yeah. Garrett Allen or something like that. But oh, yeah. You know, he's above average rim protector. And then you put, you know, Christian Wood next to him. You know, could Christian Wood, like, blossom into, like, this wing defender at, like, 6'10 with this insane frame? you know, versus, like, asking him to guard fives that we haven't really seen before? Possibly. So I think that's what I'm most excited about. Do you have any other thoughts on that? Yeah, I 
like you said, I really like the fit. I don't really understand. I don't really know how it's going to really look on the offensive side. It's going to be interesting to see because there's two guys that can rim roll and one guy who can pick and pop. So it's really just going to be split between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, and then defensively, that's going to be a really, really nice one-two in the front court. Um, these guys, I mean, like I really have high hopes defensively for them. I think, I think uh, this could be the first time in a long time the Mavs have a solid defensive front court. No, I, I completely agree. And I mean, if Christian Wood, you know, not bought in on defense like he, you know, has been at times when he's played center, then this could be a totally different story. But I mean, I really do just believe in his ability to guard threes and fours, and especially he's not going to have to bang against these fives. You know, Javale's a big body; he can go do that. Um, so, yeah, that, that definitely is encouraging for me, at least. You know, some Mavs fans would disagree and would say that Christian's, would de- Christian Wood's defense is too troublesome, but, hey, um, I'm willing to go to bat on this. So, that's really all I came out of, like, the things in terms of aren't the actual summer league game. Um, let's go ahead and get into the game. So, um, Jaden Hardy finished with 28 points, four rebounds, three assists. What did you think of him in uh, Mavericks' first summer league game versus the Bulls here? Uh, I mean, I loved what I saw. Uh, you know, we saw we saw raw talent, really. You know, we saw him make some, some I feel decisions. Like Jaden Hardy experience in this game. The Jane Hardy experience? Yes. Like, I, I mean, you know, because, like, me personally, like, Jaden Hardy really filled it up. Like, like, there were moments where, like, damn, like, this guy is a three-level scorer. Um, you can set uh, teammates, but then there were a lot of moments, especially at the beginning and the end of the game, that, you know, he's just dribbling the ball off his foot. Yeah. Bad decisions, getting in traffic and just getting ripped and um, throwing some errant passes. Um, but he showed the talent, like, point blank in terms, especially in terms of the scoring and creating ability and, like, just the way he was pacing himself. Like, he, you could tell he's just a step ahead in terms of, the way he was able to slow everything down compared to all these guys in summer league that were just running, yeah. running. Like he was really getting to his spots how he wanted to on offense, especially when he got in the zone in that late third quarter to early uh, fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, there like like with the with the um, mistakes that he had, that's just gonna take time. That's gonna he's about. I mean, he's about to play. I think he's gonna get NBA minutes, um, and that's that's only gonna take time to clear up. Uh, he's going to learn a lot throughout the year, and I think he's only going to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we, we saw the three-level scoring. I saw, in particular, just two two ways that the guy – I mean, he's an amazing scorer. He uh, – I, I feel like whenever Pahola and uh, Jarek Harding were on the floor, he he was kind of the main kind of kickout guy, and even still, like, yeah, you know, he without the ball, ball. yeah, he can play off the ball. Like, and that was that was impressive to me. I know he didn't. I don't think he was really the main facilitator in the G League Ignite. Um, yeah, and Daniel. So I guess, yeah, that, yeah, exactly. But in whenever he had the ball in his hand, and I don't know how often this will happen in the regular season, but whenever he had the ball in his hand, holy, like he looked really impressive. Uh, I mean, of course, he had those few mistakes. Um, but he looked really impressive yeah, in the yeah. offensive end. Just the way that he took the ball to the, the hoop well, and the way that he got to the foul. I mean, I think that, like, we didn't expect in terms of mistakes. Like, it looked like growing pains that he's going to, you know, with time, he's going to be able to overcome. Like, you know, and especially, like, 
he played way better defense than, you know, I think a lot of people thought, because, I mean, he has a 6'9 wingspan. Like, he's long, he's rangy. You know, if he can defend point guards, that would be huge for the Mavs, you know, given his um, – whatever he can give them on offense in terms of playmaking and shot creating. So, you know, I thought, you know, he took a charge in the third quarter that was really yeah, he good. took a charge, yeah. And, I mean, he was just – I didn't really see him get really blown past much. I mean, I think he did one. He, I remember one time he, like, got under the basket with Simonovich or whatever, and um, he took a foul immediately. Just, like, some smart stuff that um, – Coming out of the uh, season with the Ignite, a lot of scouts were having trepidations in regards to his defense, just thinking that he got caught ball watching a lot and that he just didn't expel a lot of effort on the end. But didn't seem like the case in the first game, at least. No, not in the first game. He got caught, like, early in the game. I feel like later in the game, it was more just offensive troubles. Um, mm-hmm. But early in the game, he looked a little distraught on the defensive side, mm-hmm. um, but definitely picked it up. And yeah, him and Dylan no, yeah, him and Dylan Terry were pretty much going at it all night. Terry was talking yeah. a lot of trash. Um, yeah, I mean, Dylan Terry didn't – he impressed me, especially with some of his passing in this game. Um, and he had a few good defensive possessions, but he definitely didn't, you know, have that same level of presence, I felt like, that Jaden Hardy did, especially, you know, being almost 20 picks higher in the draft. No, yeah, exactly, so, yeah. He did, I don't feel like he made as much of an impact. Yeah, so, like, really all around, I was really impressed with Hardy. Yeah. I guess let's let's move into this A.J. Lawson. Like, yeah. like this guy. Well, quick before we do that, I do want to go over, like, the actual game real quick. It is a summer league game. Okay, yeah. We're yeah. not going to go, like, terribly in-depth into, in depth into it. But the math, well, you know, just a brief overview. The Mavs got down early for those of you guys that didn't watch it. Um, then they made like a big resurgence run. They got up, they kind of kept the lead of about eight to 10 points really through like the, once they got up early in the second quarter, they kind of kept that lead like through the third quarter. And um, I believe it, I believe it's Marco Simonovic. Um, the Mavs really just had no answer. Like whether it was Bingham, Moses Wright, the Mavs just had like no answer for this dude inside. I mean, he was just dicing them up like, Anyway, well, he was playing it on defense too, which was really surprising. What happens in the regular really season? Like, he kind of let a steadfast uh, last-minute run for the Bulls to tie the game up. Um, he had a dunk at the end of regulate. Or was it? Was a dunk at the end of re- regulation? No, it was with like seven. Are you talking about the end of the game? No, no, the transition one he got that tied it up. Yeah, at the end of regulation, where I, I think Jaden Hardy got stripped. Bulls got a fast break, break going. Simonovich throws it down. Then it's tied. Um, I believe what was it like? 99, 90 to ninety or ninety-two to ninety-two, something like that. And um, he was able to kind of lead a run for the Bulls to come back. And then um, Jaden Hardy tried winning the game, winning the game on a step back, clanked off, um, sort of the front of the rim. It's always starting to get a little. You know, his legs were starting to get dead because he was carrying really hard in the fourth quarter at the beginning. And he, he played, like, almost all of the game. Uh, if you want to go ahead and look up his minutes total, I feel like he was, like, 30 – I feel uh, like he J- 33 minutes. Yeah, so, I mean, he played a lot. Um, and then, um, you know, in OT, um, you know, it was only two-minute overtime to the summer league. Um, at one point, A.J. Lawson, you know, because he'd been so red off from three all night. 
he, he kind of bluffed the three-point shot, went straight to the rim to t- uh, tie the, uh, the game up. And then uh, Simonovich was able to get to the paint, get fouled with like 0.7 seconds left after the Bulls got the possession back, and he made the first free throw, clanked the second one off to milk the time, and the game was over. Um, but, you know, not really wanted to go too in-depth into that just because it is summer league. And it was really – but it was unfortunate to not see the Mavs um, pull it out because – They uh, had a 16-point lead at one point. Right. Oh, yeah, exactly. The Mavs were – it seemed like they had control of the game really from the second or third quarter. So I was really surprised to see the Bulls kind of research like that. I feel like they, you know, just the math, you know, it's a really young, or really young summer league squad, but they may have got ahead of themselves a bit, but you know, I think they're going over there. We're just looking to see kind of how the individual players do. I'm not really as concerned about, you know, so long as they aren't getting blown out by like 40, I'm not really too concerned about the final score and stuff like that, but um, they are guaranteed a fifth game. So that's a positive, um, you know, Hopefully they can make a run, get a couple games in the tournament, see how that goes. Because, you know, the more we can see of this uh, roster, um, the better. All right, Jamie. So what are your thoughts on A.J. Lawson's game uh, after having 28 points, just being an absolute uh, flamethrower from outside in this game? Yeah, no, I mean, I was really impressed. I was – honestly, I kind of wish we did a little more homework on him, um, but we didn't know he was going to start. Right. he, he wasn't a big name that jumped out to us, clearly. But I think now, after this performance, he's definitely a guy that we're going to be keeping our eyes on. Um, yeah, so he went 6 of 11 from the three-point line, 10 of 16 from uh, just the field in general. Um, and not just that, but, you know, going 6 of 11, his majority of his shots were taken at the three-point line. But he didn't – he showed more than that. He had some cuts to the hoop, and uh, he got some buckets that way. He looked really impressive just in Especially general. The, uh, to tie it up at the end of overtime uh, overtime before Simonovich. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, free throw. I mean, he bluffed the three, went direct, uh, straight to the rim and yacked it. That was really like impressive he, to me. He seemed smart. That, yeah, like, that's defensively, a, he seemed long, rangy. Like, he was disrupting a lot. Like, he seemed like a good off-ball defender. Like, uh, I would, you know, if he continues to play like this, I would definitely like to see him on one of our two-way squads. Yeah, so I – especially after just this one performance, I would not be surprised if he gets a camp invite. For sure. Um, I'm not sure the number of invites you can give out, but I think he definitely gets well, one. So you can have up to 20 people total going into camp. 20? Okay. So they could have yeah, – well, Yeah, they could have, like, you know, 15 roster players, two two-way guys, and then three, like, just strictly camp invites. Yeah, so, I mean, at that point, like, I feel like he definitely gets one of those. Just on this performance alone, mm-hmm. assuming – and who knows? I mean, at this point, he looks like he could be doing this night in, night out. Uh, yeah, in terms yeah, of summer, they get this talent. The consistency. Yeah, we're going to have to see it. Um, but yeah. I, bottom line was I was impressed. Defensively, I was impressed. Yeah. Uh, all around, I was just impressed with this guy. And Didn't I mean, really know his name. And, I mean, I think what really, like, intrigued me was that he wasn't just, like, getting uh, catch-and-shoot threes. Like, at the start, yes. But, like, he was shooting, like, um, like coming off ball screens. Uh, and like running full speed in threes, you know, but only some like you know, stuff like that, you know, you see like only elite shooters typically do. Um, and that's yeah. kind of really like drew me into it. And, I was like, oh, wow. and like he confidently took those shots. Like he didn't, oh, exactly. You know, sometimes, sometimes you can see a little hesitation. Like with him, he just shot it. And I mean, he, he has a strap on him for sure. No, I, 
I loved how he played in this game. I thought he was a huge reason the Mavs were um, almost won this game. Um, real quickly, uh, getting to Moses Wright, uh, Mavs two-way guy last year, I said in the summer league roster. Um, I guess some of my general thoughts from this game, um, he still looks like really raw offensively. Um, kind of just like his awareness offensively, like, you know, he did have like one nice like um, post hook where, you know, he spin around and uh, finished over, I believe, Simonovic. Uh, but, you know, barring that, um, he was really active defensively, got a lot of nice blocks. I mean, I thought, I think Bobby Corral on Twitter tweet, tweeted that he had like 14 or 13 blocks. But like it seemed, or it seemed like it obviously didn't happen much. Um, but, you know, he definitely like flashed some, a lot of stuff on defense, but uh, there were also a lot of times where he looked like out of place and just not disciplined and he was, you know, over fouling, things of that nature. And on offense, like, you know, he didn't seem, he didn't really shoot any shots outside the paint this game, but didn't really show any confidence in his ability, I guess, to do any, any more than, you know, kind of just catch the ball under the basket. And he lost a few balls and turnovers and stuff. What do you think of his game? Yeah, I like honestly, with the amount of notes that we had on him and the amount of time that we put in his name, I really wasn't all that impressed. Um, like you said, though, like he was really aggressive on defense and I got him in some good spots and some bad spots. So he had three blocks and a steal uh, to go along, I guess, the stat sheet wise on defense. Um, but yeah, like, uh, you know, I saw some good things defensively uh, whenever he was guarding someone in the paint yeah. that's that's where Especially I saw it. it helps that defender Feel yeah like the blocks are kind of like coming from behind or like coming over and helping because you know so I mean in terms of like one-on-one it Simonovic was kind of having his way with him a lot of the night yeah straight up on like Simonovic he has some NBA well I guess I think Moses Wright has nine nine games as well as Simonovic I think they have the same uh NBA experience I believe so yeah um yeah. But, yeah, I mean, like, really, like, offensively, he had, like, maybe two or three good possessions. But other than that, like, I really didn't see a whole lot that I really liked outside of three blocks. Yeah, I mean, to his credit, he did see, you know, he is – I feel like he was playing out of position, you know. I definitely no, definitely. That's – that's Like, you know, the only other, like, true big on the roster is BM. So, um, from that standpoint um, – you know, I can't really knock him too much for having to, you know, play on F5 and stuff. But, you know, it it just doesn't seem like it's much in the toolbox. But, you know, we'll see how he does the rest of the summer league. I'm not, like, totally out on him yet. Um, just pull breeze here a few guys real quick. Um, Aoni was a guy that we talked heavily about. We thought he might start because that's some experience with the de- Jazz. He came off the bench, um, hit a couple threes, played some de- decent defense. But he didn't really show me anything. Exactly. That was, yeah. like, too wildly impressive. But that remains to be seen, how he does going forward. Um, you know, I didn't really think he, like, did anything, like, necessarily bad either. Um, just a ton of turnovers, tons of fouls, and, you know, it's summer league from just everybody across the board. Um, Derek Austin Jr., um, long, rangy wing, um, really skinny. But he did have some really good finishes around the hoop. I mean, he has potential as a defender, especially with this frame, if he can – he could fill his frame out, but he didn't. Shooting the ball, he looked like really incompetent in this first game. Um, and you know, the Mavs summer league team, I mean, just kind of as a collective whole, 
honestly, it looks like a really good, like, tie-together defensive unit, which is, you know, surprising for a summer league team. So I was really impressed by that as a whole. Um, yeah. And, you know, uh, in terms of, like, Alston Jr., just, like, solely him, I didn't, you know, get a few, like, nice and ones, uh, especially, like, one transition. Um, but nothing crazy there. Um, in terms of Marcus Bingham's performance, uh, performance in this game, and he's a guy that I'm not signing an Exhibit 10 deal, so I can't invite essentially. Um, he has some good moments in terms of rebounding and get a few good uh, moments where you're like, oh, wow, this guy's a good rim protector. Um, but he really didn't show too much out outside of that. Um, I don't think he scored really much at all, maybe a couple baskets around the rim. He had uh, zero points. Oh, zero points. There you go. Uh, I, no, two. He had two for two. Two, yeah. Um, but, you know, his main calling card is that he's supposedly a stretch big um, shot. What was it, like 42% from three last year for Michigan State? Yeah, 42%. He went 0 of 2 uh, in the game, but he, he just showed hesitation. Yeah, like I really, both of those threes, it just kind of looked like, oh, wow, like, you know, should I shoot this or not type type thing. And I don't know. Uh, you know, I'm not going to – only the first game of the summer league. We'll, we'll yeah, I didn't see – I didn't see a whole lot to dissect turning negatives. Yeah, fouls though. And a bit, I mean, he, he did. I think he had eight fouls, which in summer league you have ten and you fell out. Yeah, you get ten, and you know, I obviously that's not gonna be applicable in the NBA game. So especially with his length and size, you know, he can't afford to be out of position like that on defense. I mean, he should. I mean, he could be a good help side room protector, but you know, in terms of playing guys straight up face to face, like you gotta be able to play without fouling that much. That was a Big knock for sure. Um, really quickly, uh, I really like Alessandro Pahola. Um, you know, I don't know if he might be able to get a camp invite or went off, but came off the bench. You know, it looked like he just brought like a lot of intensity to the game. He was a good all around guard. He was facilitating really nicely. He seemed like in position all the time. He was working really hard on defense. Do you have any other thoughts on him? Yeah. So, whenever the team, the team itself, whenever they were doing good, he was on the floor. He's a really, really good facilitator. I don't think he can really create shots for himself. He shot 20% um, on only, I think he had four points, three points. Um, but, yeah, he he had, a, I believe, eight assists. Yeah, eight assists. Oh, wow. So, yeah, like, really good facilitator. I really liked what I saw. Good energy. I mean, yeah, he's a bigger guard, too. He's 6'4". He seemed like he was playing with intensity at the defensive end, which – yeah, like I wouldn't be surprised if someone gave him a camp invite just because of he looks like he's he's just a good natural point guard. No, I, I completely agree. But you know, we'll see how his skills translate. Um I saw something in with like one of the Italian guys on Twitter though that he actually had a contract with one of the Italy teams that he has to fulfill out. So I don't know if he's gonna be a guy that's coming over to the league right away or anything like that, but it was really cool to see how um, he played in this game. Um, Jared Hardy, all-time leading scorer at Weber State. We talked about him a little yesterday. Um, you know, he didn't get too much clock, especially in the second half. He, he was the primary ball handler um, before they kind of um, deferred to Hardy um, in the early moments of the first and the fourth quarter. But I didn't hate his game, you know, um, for really fast. Um, he was playing intense. He had, like, one really nice step-back three. Um, where he sized up Simonovich and just kind of like, you know, used his quickness, boom, like hit it. Um, and, you know, for as small as he is, he was playing really hard on defense. So, you know, 
I don't know how promising he is. You know, definitely an older guard. Uh, played like five years, really, when we were safe. But he definitely showed a – did not hate his game whatsoever. No, he showed he showed some promise. I mean, he's definitely a scoring guard. I, I think it was more of – he put up good shots. They just didn't fall Yeah, uh, okay. last night or, I guess, yesterday. Um, but, yeah, like he went one of four. But it was – they were good shots, good quality. Yeah. Um, lastly, uh, Justin Gorham. I really like that. I really liked him. Uh, he was, you know, a little undersized, six seven, but he showed potential as a small ball five. He was doing really good in the short roll. He banked in a corner three. <laughs> I don't know if that was on purpose. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was playing. Uh, I really liked his bench off the bench. He didn't play a whole lot, but uh, he's one of those dudes who's playing really hard for the Mavericks, um, summer league team, and I just kind of really like this game. I hope he gets more minutes going forward. I really want to see kind of how he pans out. I would not mind him getting camp by camp by either. You know, uh, looks wise, he looks basically like just a six seven uh, Jalen Brunson. Like they look damn near the exact same. So that was yeah, cool. yeah. A lot of Mavs fans point out on Twitter, but you know, obviously. All I wonder aside, if they have the same barber or not. <laughs> yeah, but all jokes aside, definitely excited to see how he uh, pans out. Um, if he can get some more minutes going forward. But that's really it for um, all the guys that played. Uh, do you have any more thoughts on like party, like any like specific possessions from him you liked that like really showed off his bag and his skill set that you know could bode well for him going forward? Yeah, so really, I guess Hardy kind of got in his bag in the fourth and third quarter. Um, you know, I don't have any specific possessions written out as far as that goes, but he, he had a, he has a quick first step and we saw that really clearly. Yeah. In third quarter. To me, like I'd say those two step back jumpers, both against Dalen Terry's, you know, a longer defender at that position um, where he just completely sized up, you know, one, you know, went behind the back, just step back on all net, you know, one game, a little hesitation, crossover back to the left, just drained it at the elbow. Those were like, Oh, like that's an NBA level, like, shot creator right there those really impressed me um he made a few threes that you know he only shot two of seven from three but um he definitely showed that like he does have a good shot you know it's and just there, confidence almost and you know how he's flowing within himself yeah as far as the three-point goes i think take maybe two of them out and other the rest were i think pretty smart they yeah. just didn't fall and I mean, even like in the overtime period, like at the end of regulation, I remember he had like another like really tough step back jumper that he took like on the baseline when he was, he had kind of, um, a guy came over and helped and he was kind of not expecting he had to force it, force it up late shot clock. And I mean, and it almost, like almost rolled in. Yeah. There was a lot of, um, you know, like we said, he did have a lot of errant passes at the beginning. He threw one basically into the stands. Um, but, you know, and he had a lot of, you know, times in the fourth and uh, early overtime where he was trying to split the defense and he got caught up and um, just, you know, some bad decision-making had a few turnovers. But overall, like, he just really impressed me from an offensive defensive standpoint, just showing the potential. Like, you can obviously see he's still raw, but for him to fill up the box score like that was um, exactly what kind of mass fans needed in terms of, um, I'm not going to say, like, fronts and security, but just, like, a little hope, you know. Yeah, we, future hope. Yeah, exactly. Like, there are just some times that he really, um, really look good up there. But, you know, obviously don't want to react, overreact. It is just summer league. But a 
promising first game for the Mavericks here. Um, they face off the Utah against the Utah Jazz, I believe. Um, is it um, Sunday, Jaron, or is it uh, Monday? It's Monday. Monday at nine. So Monday, um, it's going to be uh, July 11th. The Mavericks will face off against the Utah Jazz at nine. Um, we can see Jared uh, Butler of the Jazz out of Baylor, a really tough defensive guard, uh, go up against Jaden Hardy. So that would be interesting. Um, but yeah, do you have any other thoughts on uh, this first summer league game or any of the Nico JK, Christian Wood interviews or any of that stuff? Yeah, uh, I know I mentioned I was going to talk about the Christian Wood interview a minute ago. Right. So I'll, I guess I'll talk about that real quick. Um, you know, I was. I was really excited about that. He, he looked excited. That's the thing that I, and here's, here's one thing. Uh, it was said in Jane Hardy's first interview and now Christian Woods, which are the two recent Mavs editions. Um, the first thing that J kid said to them was defense, defense, defense. And yeah. I think this is becoming more of a DNA than it is so just the, social the, media. The Mavs are going to put these guys in, you know, Jane Hardy's going to have an opportunity to, you know, be a play good defense off the bench. Uh, Christian Wood, especially if he has a rim protector next to him, that's really going to maximize his defense potential, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely, without a doubt. Yeah. And I like I like how he uh, he talks about Luca. He was like, if I could have one pick and roll partner in the, in the NBA, yeah, in the yeah. NBA, it'd be Luca. And I really like that. And especially, you know, even though he technically only played three games with James Harden before that whole saga went down, he was traded, but. No, he didn't play with James Harden. He was a really other, who was another really good pick and roll distributor. So, um, yeah, for him to say that, that would be really cool. But, anyways, I think that about wraps it up for today. Um, we will be back to you guys after the Mavs Summer League game on Monday versus the Jazz. But besides that, uh, Mainstream Mavs signing out. You guys have a good day or evening whenever you're listening to this. Make sure to subscribe to us on whatever platform you guys are on and follow us on Twitter at Nature Maps. Peace out, everybody. Peace.